There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Dark Delight Show. I'm your host, Jim Price, here and on your Monday, Monday lunchtime. Now, Josh is not going to be here. He's still in Utah at the camping, tri- camping trip, so he should be back here on Wednesday. So you got me, that guy, Jim Price. That's who it is. Um, thank you guys so much for being here. Now, as we go through this last weekend, I was really kind of kind of expecting a lot of things to kind of fall flat on their face. I don't say flat on their face. Just, you know, a lot of the news is going to stop, right? Because we have, you know, Congress is going to be trucking off to their homes and talking to their constituents and just really getting the heartbeat of America so they can go back and and do the work of the, as a servant, as a public servant they are, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. They're going to go and on vacation on your money. Yeah, you guys are silly. Yeah, you guys thought they were going to do your work. Anyway, um, there's a, an article out here. It's talking about Devin Archer. I don't know if you guys remember who Devin Archer is. Devin Archer is Hunter Biden's long-term, long-time friend and business associate. Now, he's supposed to appear in the House Oversight Committee today. Sad part of it is, is that last week... <clears throat> guys, you know when you see something real obvious and you're going, Oh, come on, man. Did you really? Come on, man. Don't, don't, are you serious? Have you ever, you guys are like, you're watching a movie, you're watching a, a news thing, whatever, you're watching a story come apart, and you're like, no, you didn't arrest the, the guy who's going to snitch on you, did you? You didn't try to kill the guy that was going to snitch on you. you. The guy who has all the information, you didn't try to, you know, imprison him. You didn't try to, to force him out to keep him quiet. That would be witness tampering, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be some type of uh, some type of a legal issue there to say that you know you have somehow weaponized the judicial system or the law enforcement to effectively keep your the you know the person that could put you behind bars you know keep them behind bars? Isn't that a crime of some type? Isn't that a thing? They're like, oh, well. Uh, Archer is reportedly preparing for to tell uh, lawmakers that Joe Biden met with dozens of Hunter Biden's associates while he was serving as vice president, which we all know to be factual, guys. I don't know why we're all sitting around going, well, allegedly, well, kind of possibly, well, we don't know. It could be. Guys, we have documentation. We have call logs. We have we have the voice recordings of the calls. We have the IRS and the. Uh, Treasury Department reports on it. We have the FBI report on it. We have, I mean, what what more, how many reports do you need to have on the facts, the simple facts of what this guy has been doing for decades? Since this guy has entered into politics, he has started the death cycle. Well, what's the death cycle, Jimmy? That doesn't sound like something you've talked about before. Well, I think Joe. I think Joe's got some questions to answer about his wife's, you know, his wife's accident. I'm just, I'm just saying. There's too many coinkadinks here. There's too many things that just, mm, they don't pass the smell test. By the way, everything you taste is actually smell. If you guys actually understand that your tongue only does sweet, salt, 
uh, bitter and fat. Anyway, um, yeah, something passing the old smell test on Joey. And Joey's been running around politics and riding that New Hampshire, Delaware, wherever the heck he's from, Amtrak train that just seamlessly drove him back and forth every morning and every night to the D.C. area so he could serve his country while serving his family. Yeah, Joe, you're great. This guy's an idiot. Anyway, going on, let's let's talk about the article here. The hearing is not uh, as um, not currently listed on the House Oversight Calendar. The Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer issued a subpoena on June in June for Archer to appear for a deposition as part of the committee's investigation in Hunter Biden's finances. Well, sorry, in the Biden family's finances. Devin Archer worked with Hunter as at Burisma and also at the Rosemont Seneca Partner Investment Firm. Remember that investment firm where. Hunty, you know, old little Hunter got went and got a little pat on the head and got a billion dollars from China to start an investment company. Remember that whole thing? Remember that time? Remember that time when you just went over to China and asked some business, hey, guys, can I get a billion bucks? I'm American. I'm going to go start being a, an investment company, man. <laughs> cool, bro. Good stuff, man. Give me a billion dollars. I'm going to go start an investment company. <laughs> Come on, guys. You think that there was no uh, strings attached to that? I'm talking about you know strings attached. I'm talking about the bed sheets, the laundry, the towels, the shop towels, all the laundry, every bit of string, all the string was attached to this billion dollars, guys. There was no not a string left behind. All of them were attached. So over the weekend on Saturday, Biden Department of Justice attempted to um, intimidate Devin Archer and prevent him from testifying today. The Biden DOJ sent out a letter on Saturday to archery requesting he report to prison. <laughs> oh, guys, if this wasn't reality, uh, yeah, well, it is. I, this is reality. This is what we're doing now. Um, the GOP House member called on lawmakers returned to Washington in, to investigate the DOG following their harassment, the DOJ, DOG, the DOJ uh, following the harassment of a congressional witness. Obviously, the Biden administration, Department of Justice, is worried the truth will come out to the American people today. I, I Guys, I've known about, there's nothing in the last, since October of 2019, as it was at 2020, right? October of 2020, yeah. October of 2020, same time I wrote um, Say Her Name, the, the poem Say Her Name. I had uh, Rudy Giuliani on my radio show, uh, KQAM, AM, and FM. That's just so happens to be their <laughs> their call sign is KQAM and FM. They they are on the AM and FM, but anyway, it's in the name. Uh, I had Rudy Giuliani on there, and we talked about all this stuff. We talked about bereavement. We talked about crowd strike. We talked about the prid pro quo. We talked about all the sex trafficking. We talked about how the Chinese had you know, used this information to leverage what they wanted from the Bidens. This was back in, 20, in October of 2020, guys. I talked about this. Nothing has come out since that has surprised me whatsoever. It's all stuff I already understood. So anyway, uh, in an earlier text message exchange, Devin Archer asked Hunter Biden why his father's administration arrested him. Devin sounded PO'd. Uh, Devin Archer said, why did your dad's administration uh, appoint, uh, appointees arrest me and put me in jail? Uh, just curious, some of our, uh, of our partners asking out here. 
Why would they try and run my family, ruin my family, destroy my kids, and no one from your family has stepped up and at least try to help me? I don't get it. I, I am depressed. bunch of these Asians getting in my head, asking me the same, uh, asking me the same, so just curious, should I answer? So let's see here. Oh, he actually responded. Well, this is kind of interesting. Oh, this is back from 2019. Okay. Uh, let's see here. It says, goes on. Uh, let's see. Uh, Archer 47 has his appeal uh, to the Supreme, has has appealed to the Supreme Court in December uh, to have his 2018 criminal conviction overturned related to a $60 million scheme to defraud a Native American tribe. Uh, the president's son never was charged over the fraud and was not um, alleged to have been involved, but the court heard that his name was used as a selling point, and he is described and it was described in promotional brochures as a vice president, uh, a vice chairman of the Berman Financial Group and the firm at the center of the scam. Let's see, going on here, it says every um, every great family is prosecuted. Uh, you are part of a great family, not a sideshow. Uh, now, not deserted by them. Let's see, what is this talking about? I think this is all. Oh, this is more of his his information for that he was doing to Hunter. So anyway, guys, this whole thing comes down to where we're not getting responses from Hunter, but Devin Archer wants re- response from his old business partner because this is all going down. I mean, if my buddy's dad was. Getting me arrested, I would send a text message the same. Say, hey, what's going on, man? Why, why is this happening to me? And I'm sure some of those communications were out there consistently, uh, but we just haven't heard about them all. And this is the, the funny part. Remember when everybody thought the WhatsApp was so secure? They're like, oh, yeah, WhatsApp, man, and, and encryption. Then why are we getting all of these WhatsApps, WhatsApp uh, decrypted messages from Hunter Biden? Remember the one that he says, I'm sitting here with my dad right now. You know, I'll make out you, you know, you'll rule the day that I actually come out and, you know, come after you and me and my family. And I don't forget and all that. Remember the whole WhatsApp communication that went out. See, there's I think there's too many times, folks, that we've we've kind of depended on in uh, electronics, social media platforms as this and that to be able to get away with the, the world's crimes, kind of like the the establishment of Deep State did. Using PlayStations and Xbox 360s and Wii's to actually use their chatting platforms to actually communicate about nefarious acts. That was one of the things that they used. Not only did we have Hunter, uh, Hillary Clinton's BlackBerry uh, stuff, but also we got Anthony Weiner's laptop. Again, I'm not going to quit reminding you guys. There's not just one laptop. There's Anthony Weiner's laptop out there too that has the real juice, the real juice of what we really want to talk about. You notice how hard they really want you to talk about Hunter Biden's stuff. They want you to talk about how his stuff is really a big, big deal and yet deny it at the same time because they don't want you talking about Anthony Weiner's laptop. See this? See how this all just kind of makes a lot more sense when you pull back from it for a second? But that's the problem with this, guys, is that we continue to get shiny objects thrown in our face while we're not paying paying attention to the big objects that are really eating us alive. All right, guys, that's the end of our first segment here on the Dark Delight Show. I'm your host, Jim Price. Got a commercial break. We'll be right back. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. I'm your host, Jim Price, here on your lunch hour, Mondays and 
Well, we got uh, me and me and me today. So on Monday. Now, no Josh today. He'll be back Wednesday. He's in uh, um, Utah. He does a yearly camping trip with some of the listeners and stuff that he has on his show. And so they're there. And I had a birthday party with Nina or Nina. And I know you guys don't know her from Adam, but she has been a fantastic patriot, been a great follower of the Jim Price Show. She actually turned 90 on Saturday, and I was attending her 90th birthday party. And she's been a real great – she's sent me a lot of her writings and stuff she's done throughout the years. And, I mean, I'm serious, like decades of writing. It's pretty cool. And uh, she's been a really great patriot. She's, she survived taking care of her daughter and son-in-law while they got sick and stuff over the last couple of years with uh, the old Mexican beer flu. And she survived all that. It's great spirit, and she's been a real, real inspiration to me. But 90 years old, kicking it hard. But I spent, I spent the Saturday with her, and uh, it was really neat to see all of her family. Her kids all flew in, uh, including her brothers. They all got there, and it was really neat to see the family come together like that and celebrate her, you know, her, her life. You know, it was really cool. They had a video montage of uh, different things throughout her life and when she was younger and her kids and it was really neat to be a part of that. So anyway, so I wasn't able to attend the camping th- trip this year. Maybe next year we'll make a thing of it, right? But anyway, uh, going on, remember remember we were talking about in that first segment, remember old, uh, old Hunty, he had the old WhatsApp, you know, we're all like, oh, WhatsApp, it's owned by Facebook, and Facebook doesn't do any type of sneaking around or encryption thing. Like, why would they do that? Yeah, right. Anyway, that's why we know about all the WhatsApp communications between Hunter and Chinese nationalists. I don't know. Wow, that's, that's crazy. Encrypted messages that you can read kind of takes away from the word encryption. Well, here's another part that I don't think you guys are getting. The UN, the United Nations, this great big tall billion dollar building in the middle of New York. Uh, you guys you guys are harboring I I what I think is is a I, I think I don't think they should be there. I think it's a foreign power. I think it's a cool kids club. I don't think we should be a part of the UN. I mean, seriously, why are we a part of the UN? Why are we part of NATO? NATO was supposed to have been abolished when the Soviet Union fell. Now, if I, if I remember right, they fell when I was in high school. And I'm 52, so did I know 30-some-odd years ago? Math is, you know, kind of, it's a su- subjective, guys. Remember, math is subjective. It has no facts. There's no bearings on, on math. You know, words, words and numbers, they don't have real meanings. Anyway, um, 30-some years ago, NATO was supposed to have stopped, and we still don't do that. But here's something the UN is doing for us. Don't you guys feel better knowing that the UN is doing something for you? Not only is the, we have one government called the um, you know, the United States of America, that whole government thing. Oh, we got another one. Yeah. Oh, wait. And we got another one. So NATO, yeah, we play, we play government with them, and then we play government with UN. So the UN, the United Nations, is developing a program called, uh, I'm sorry, the United Nations Development Program, UNDP, has quietly announced the rollout of an automated automated anti-disinformation tool. That'll be great. This will end well. Anti-disinformation tool. I verify this spring. The instrument initially created uh, to support election integrity <clears throat> yeah, election integrity. Election and the word integrity do not belong together unless you say elections don't have integrity. They don't belong t- together anyway. Um, centers uh, a multi-stakeholder approach spanning the public and private sectors. 
to provide national actors with a support package to enhance identification, monitoring, and response capacity to threats to information integrity. Now, I don't know who churched all this up and said that, hey, I need a, I need a thing here and make it sound really good uh, and, and put, some, uh, put, put the word you know enhancement in there, right? Um, let me read that last part to you again. The instrument initially created to support election integrity centers a multi-stakeholder approach, multi-stakeholder approach, spanning the public and private sectors. Oh, so government and social media platforms coming together to make sure that certain things aren't said that they don't want being said. Speech suppression. Provide national actors with a support package to enhance identification to enhance identification monitoring and response capacity to threats to information integrity yeah right the undp demonstrates uh, how i verify works in a short video where anyone can send articles to i verify's team of local highly trained Fact checkers. Oh, there it comes. We got the old word out there. Fact checkers. Fact checkers. Determine if an article is true or not. Oh, so so now we, we're going to do the whole, um, hey, CIA, is this okay for me to do this, uh, write this article or not? Oh, I'm not. I lost my job. Thanks. Appreciate it. Wow. Guys, this is, this is, this is speech suppression from the word go. Anyway, uh, let's see. It is determine if an article is true or not. The tool also uses machine learning to prevent duplicate article checks and monitors social media for toxic content, which can then be sent to verification teams of fact checkers to evaluate, making a tool with both automated and human facilitated elements. Wow, that's terrifying. I mean, not like kind of terrifying, like way past terrifying. So this is the UN. So this is what the UN is spending their billions and trillions of dollars on. Not that they're making world peace. Not that they're working on making sure that, I don't know, we don't have shelter deserts and we don't have food deserts and we don't have electricity deserts. Let's work on this. We've got teams of people doing this. We're not worried about, you know, electro generation with hydropower or, or uh, we're not worried about, you know, getting coal fire plants up and running or using nuclear fission or cold fusion to be able to generate power. No, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. This is fine, right? No, this is cool. This is, this is what I, I mean, I, I expected the UN. When I thought of the UN this morning, when I woke up, I'm like, ah. <sighs> I wonder what the UN's doing today. I bet they're doing something really cool with the billions and trillions of dollars that they have been handed while they're sitting there in their big multi-story tower in, in New York City. I wonder, I just wonder, what could they be doing to make our world a better place? Oh, here they are. Yeah, this is a, uh, it's going to be really cool. Making it a tool with both automated and human oh, facilitated elements. Great. This will be great. On its website, the UNDP makes a blunt case for iVerified as an argument against information pollution. 
man, they are coming up with some dandies here. Uh, information pollution. What's the other one? They had disinformation tool, automated disinformation tool. Like the way that sounds. Multi-stake holder approach. Love that. Spanning, spanning the public and private sectors. I mean, these they really. Oh man, I just got. I got to get some lessons from these people. Uh, maybe that's what a, a college degree in in uh, media will do for you. Yeah, if I only had one of those. Uh, on this website, so let's go on to let's talk about it. So it talks about mis- so information pollution, which they described as an overabundance of harmful, useless, useless, or otherwise misleading information that blunts citizens' capacity to make informed decisions. Well, now wait. So if you limit information that you feel is wrong, then I have nothing to counter the information that's been given to me. So how do I know if one is more accurate than the other if I don't see both sides of it? If I don't hear both sides of an argument, if I don't know what the other side is, if I've never driven a Chevy, I can't like a Ford better, right? Does that make sense? Like if I don't, if I haven't driven around, you know, if I just drive Fords all my life, I'm like, hey, Fords are it. But if I have happened to have driven some Hondas and some Kias and some Toyotas and some Chevys and some Dodges and some international trucks and some Peterbilts and other things like that, I've driven some different types of vehicles, so I kind of have that experience, right? But if I don't know what the other side of the argument is that makes this one factual, how do I really know this one's factual? Do you see how this uh, this slippery slope of not letting this information out? See, the problem is even misinformation is good because it verifies the, the real information. So why do we want to do this? Because it's actually the truth. So let's continue on here. Let's so, yeah, harmful, useless, or otherwise misleading information that blunts citizens' capacity to make informed decisions. Identifying information pollution as an issue of urgency. I feel urgency, urgent. I don't know if that's a song or not. Uh, the UNDP claims that misinformation, disinformation, and hate speech threatens peace and security and disproportionately affects those who all who are already vulnerable now i didn't realize i had to read that in breathy tones here let me try that again identifying information pollution as a issue of urgency the undp claims that misinformation disinformation and hate speech threaten peace and security disproportionately affecting those who are already vulnerable what in the world are you talking about? What is this? This is not, this is not, but so anyway, so I verify. This is, you guys going to get used to this because they're going to use the word, you know, remember we had iPhone and iTunes and now we're going to have I verify, small I verify. Uh, that says, in recent years, fact checking industry has exploded. Well, I wonder why. I wonder why. Manifesting informs of other partisan, otherwise compromised fact-checking and disinformation instruction in organizations. My goodness, we're surrounded by idiots. I can't take any more. All right, I'm Jim Price, Dark Delight Show. We'll be right back here in just a couple minutes. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Dark Delight Show. I'm your host, Jim Price. Thank you so much for sticking around after that commercial. You know, I know that we went on and on and on about this I-Verify thing. Well, E-Verify is when you make sure that you're not hiring any foreign 
uh, actors, any foreign illegals that are coming to America, then how are these people coming over the border going to be able to get a job if they don't have Social Security card identification? How does that, how do they get, oh yeah, right, because our government's going to break those rules too. Anyway, this article goes on. It's actually very, very lengthy, and it just goes on about the fact checkers. Government, uh, let's see, is, examples include the Government and Gates Foundation Funded Institute for Strategic Dialogue, ISD, the CIA proxy. <laughs> Yay, the CIA is in there doing some fact-checking. All right, I'm going to move on for that because God knows we got to get exhausted there from there. Well, here, let's talk. Let's go to this. The Great Reset incandescent light bulb ban goes into effect this week. I don't know if you guys remember, while Trump was in office, he said, well, you know, uh, I like the way incandescent bulbs work better. Let's... Uh, Let's allow these to continue on. So he said, no, there's not a ban on there. I'm going to extend the ban on incandescent bulb, light bulbs, but here we are. Starting this week, Americans can only uh, will only be able to buy LED lights from retailers across the nation as an official ban on incandescent lights will go into effect. Come Tuesday, tomorrow, uh, while it won't be illegal to own them, it will be illegal to store for stores to sell them and companies to manufacture them. Now, let me ask you guys on this whole thing: who, who out there? Which one of you? Which one of you guys? You guys, I need, I need some honesty out of you. Which one of you dummies went and asked them, "Why do we produce only incandescent lights?" I just, I just, I need somebody to to stand up for me and my cash, cat leash laws and my incandescent light ban. I, I need to ban incandescent lights and get cats on leashes. This is the world. It'll be a better place. Which one of you dummies said that? I mean, seriously. I, I get, hey, 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 hey. Okay, I get incandescent lights create a lot of heat through thermal exchange. I understand that they don't last as long as they should because they actually can last indefinitely. The wire is actually meant to break after so many hours. They've actually tested it down to the hour that your light bulb will work. Your light bulb will work usually just exactly what it says on the side of the box because they have developed the wire to break after so many hours of use. Light bulbs will last forever if actually made from the proper uh, the proper light bulb material. Do you guys know that? That the, co- the light bulb coalition, the light bulb manufacturing association, the light bulb companies get together cool kids club whatever light bulb whatever that i don't know the 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 giants of light bulb the light bulb industry got together and said listen guys we can't make light bulbs that last forever we're going to run out of a job so they said well what if we just don't make the light bulb filament last as long bet well they did that it's kind of like standard oil coming together in the original opec the original opec was actually designed by standard oil which is rockefeller institute which is the rockefellers the Rockefellers actually created Standard Oil, or it was Standard Oil, and they went around to all these small producers and said, listen, guys, y'all want to make some money? Quit undercutting me, and I'll quit trying to destroy you and crush you. Well, he did the first part about, hey, don't don't undercut me, but he still destroyed the small competitors, the small family farms. Uh, didn't allow them to have access to their properties, would buy the property all around the wells that they had so they could not ship the uh, the oil off of the property. Uh, things like that. Don't worry about it. He's, he was a real super great guy. Just somebody you'd love to have in your family. Um, anyway, uh, the Rockefeller Institute, you know, this is all this is all part of they did the whole first OPEC, right? Well, you guys know what OPEC is, right? The 
Yeah, you guys, when they get together in the Middle East and say we're going to make, we're going to produce this much oil or this much oil, which drives costs up or down on the gallon uh, or the the barrel of oil. You guys know about this, anyway. Um, there is a light bulb coalition or light bulb community that actually got together and made sure that filaments actually would burn out, and so you'd have to constantly rebuy, be buying new light bulbs. This is a real thing, guys. The the length of the time that light bulbs were lasting when they first came out in the nineteen hundreds. We're talking about 20, 30 years, years, 20, 30 years. We're talking decades your light bulbs would last. When they found out they weren't making as many light bulbs, well, what they do? They started making out a different type of material that would only last so long. And that's why you would see on the side of the box, oh, this light bulb will last for 500 hours, or this light bulb will last for one year. Well, they kind of know exactly how long that thing will burn and heat it up and cool down so many life cycles, and it'll just bust. That's how it works. They built that in there. But anyway... So, guys, uh, incandescent lights are will be illegal to sell them on a counter from a store. So, hey, let's just create more criminals. The federal government warns warnings started in January and have been getting progressively more and more aggressive as they want to make sure Americans don't go back in time. Don't you dare buy those incandescent bulbs. We have a bullet shaped in a pointy thing, and it's going to come out of this little... This little tube of steel, and it's going to pierce your heart, and you're going to die because you have incandescent lights, you criminal. You, you bad people, or whatever you're supposed to be there. Okay, the government announced a ban on manufacturing and selling of incandescent bulbs, saying it will help America save money and help the environment. Everyone will have to buy LED or compact fluorescence light bulbs instead. Guys, by the way, compact fluorescent bulbs have mercury in them. And uh, this is the vapored mercury that you shouldn't be breathing. Uh, I do understand that the little light bulbs, the little curly cues are all cool and all that, but they are not. I mean, so if you're going by efficiencies, yes, LEDs are amazingly efficient, amazing at putting out uh, light. But you should have the choice. If you want to burn a million watts of power running your one incandescent light, I don't care. Do it, please. Have the freedoms and liberties to do what you want, the freedom of your body to move and the liberty of your mind to think whatever it wants to. I dare you. I, I'm, I'm all about it. You want to burn condescent lights, incandescent lights, and, he, and heat up your kitchen or whatever it was with it? I don't care. I don't have a dog in the fight. What are you going to do about the easy-bake ovens now? What are all the little girls in the easy-bake ovens going to do when they don't have an incandescent bulb to cook that little cookie or cake thing or whatever it is you were supposed to make in that little tin pan and the light bulb thing. What are you supposed to do now? What are we going to do to the kids, the generations of children who will never know what it's like to wait in, impatiently for a light bulb to cook a pastry? I mean, what are we going to The LEDs don't get hot. The fluorescents don't get hot enough. So what are we going to do? But this is your government. Your government has said, thank you very much for participating in government. And uh, we're going to go ahead and tell you how to do this. We're going to do it. It's fine. Hey, you're fine. No, 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 no. We're going to get rid of incandescent bulbs. We don't need those. We need to move on. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's see. That's that's the world we're living in, where you don't need incandescent bulbs, but we do need um, we do need a lot of that other stuff, like glyphosates and glyphosates, glyphosate. I got corrected on Friday, and I can't remember which way to do it now. Is I think it's glycophates. Glycophates? Glycophates? I don't know. It's a fate, and it's a glyca. Don't do it, but that's called Roundup. 
And that stuff, oh, by the way, there's a new version of Roundup. Uh, you guys have started talking about Roundup too much. Yeah, you guys are, don't want to have the inflammation and the, 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 all the different stuff going on in your body where you're being poisoned by these, uh, by the stuff. No, they're changing it to something else now. They're going to use a different glycophage, 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 whatever it is. They're going to use a different one now. So don't worry about the old one. The new one is so much more toxic that you won't even remember because you're dead. The new stuff they're putting on on these fields now, guys, the corn, the soybean, the milo, the, all this stuff so that they don't get fungus while they're being stored. This new one they're putting down, mmm, tastes so yummy. Kind of like cinnamon Cheerios. No, it doesn't taste like that at all. Uh, this there's, there's a new one coming out. I'm gonna have to look into this new one that's that's gonna be talking that are gonna be talking about here in the new the near future. The new food, new new. Wow, man, I'm really stumbling all over it. The new future here, you guys got coming up where glyphosates aren't really the problem anymore. Now it's a new word, and it's called because it's too big and too complicated. That's hey, have you guys ever answered the question? Who makes up the names for these new medications? I mean, seriously. I mean, some of them, you know, I, I don't I don't get it. There's some names out there. I wouldn't even know how to tell the doctor what the drug was I needed, much less whatever it was it was supposed to cure. And I don't want this thousand side effects that it tells me I'm going to have. I don't want infections in the places they tell me I'm going to get an infection to help or lower my A1C. If I'm wanting to lower my A1C, I'm going to take some chromium picolinate and start eating a lot more fat. I want to lower my my diabetic need for insulin. I'm going to get on those two things first. But some of the medications that they're telling these people to take, then and then the stuff in the places you get infections, eye bleeding. Why is eye bleeding going to help me with my uh, insulin resistance? What? What? Anyway, but that's uh, that's your government. They're gonna they're gonna change the name of it. They're gonna come up with something new, and it's not gonna be a good thing. Um, we do. I do want to talk about the Devin Archer thing. Um, that this is actually getting a little bit worse because there's another article out here that um, there's some people wanting to get, you know, that we need to talk to each other. The representatives, Gates, Johnson, Chip, Roy, uh, Harriet Hageman, and Dan Bishop, uh, they're all saying that everybody needs to get to back to the, the uh, D.C. to do an emergency hearing on DOJ interference. And this is going back to the Archer uh, comments from this weekend. I think this is going to be a big one, guys. I think this is – it just shows the weaponization, the multi-tiered situation of the judicial system that we're living in. When we have people like Trump, we have people like Mike Lindell, we have people like Jim Price, we have people like Dr. Douglas Frank, we, have Dr., uh, we even have people like Roger Stone and Paul Manafort – where we have seen the judicial system being used against him. You know that Trump has now spent, was it $50 million just in legal fees since he's left office? $50 million bucks. You guys got $50 million bucks to spend on legal fees? Think about this. Because he ran for office, because he's out there bothering to say, hey, we want freedoms and liberties for everybody, he's had to spend $50 million of his own money to protect himself. I don't know who's got $50 million out there, but you better start donating to the Jim Price show. Just saying. No, I'm just kidding you on that. Um, no, why is this? Why is this? Why is it okay for our country to be like to say that about anybody? I don't care if they're Democrat, Republican. I don't care if they're Charles Manson. Why do we? Why do we have to defend ourselves with millions and millions and millions of dollars trying to keep ourselves out of quote unquote judicial hawk 
with our government? Why is that a thing? Why did I have to do all the things I had to do to try to maintain my freedom? Why did I have to go through all the stuff that they put me through? Why did they do those things to me? And why is that okay? So I guess the one thing is I know why they did it because I was a political mark. But why is it okay for your countrymen to follow to be followed through with this, to go through this? See, that's the hard part of it. All right, guys, a commercial break coming up here in WYSL. We'll be right back. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Dark Delight Show. I'm your host, Jim Price, here. You got me on today. Listen, this whole thing is not getting any better with this Devin Archer thing. So let's read this article real quick. It's only two paragraphs. The last five Republicans have called on, uh, at least five Republicans have called on lawmakers who are currently enjoying a legislative recess. To return to Capitol Hill after the Department of Justice asked Hunter Biden's business partner, Devin Archer, to surrender to prison. The request came at, over the weekend uh, before Archer was scheduled to testify in Congress on Monday uh, on the Biden family's business dealings. Uh, so these are the different representatives asked for this. Gates, Johnson, uh, Roy, Hageman, and Bishop uh, each said on their social media Sunday that lawmakers should return to D.C. for emergency hearing to discuss potential DOG interfer- DOJ interference into the congressional investigation. The DOJ is now uh, actively co- committing the crime of obstruction, uh, obstructing a congressional investigation, Gates says. If Devin Archer isn't in the witness chair Monday, we better haul every SOB at the DOJ before Congress every day to make them pay for this. Well, yeah, that's obvious. There's nothing this guy has said that this is this is real. Like our guys, yeah, no, we we should absolutely, absolutely be paying attention to this in real time. I don't think people are getting this, but anyway, uh, let me t- let me ruin your day for you for a second here. And I knew this was coming. I saw this. Uh, I saw this coming out uh, about yellow trucking. Yellow trucking has been kind of a mainstay of the, the American corporate uh, trucking landscape. I don't know if you guys have seen these trucks because it says yellow on the side. Uh, but anyway, uh, white trucks, yellow, says yellow on yellow trucking. Anyway, a cash-strapped U.S. trucking company, Yellow Corporation, has ceased operations and is filing bankruptcy after failing to reorganize and refinance over a billion dollars in debt, the Teamsters Union said on Sunday. Yellow, formerly known as YRC Worldwide, did not immediately respond to Reuters' request for a comment. Earlier this month, Yellow averted a threatened, um, averted a threatened strike by 22,000 Teamster representatives uh, and last week and said it was exploring uh, opportunities to, div- to divest its third-party logistics company. Yellow has historically provided uh, – I'm sorry – Yellow has historically proven it could handle uh, itself despite billions of dollars of workers' compensation and, and hundreds of millions of dollars of bailout funded by the federal government. Um, that was a quote from somebody, so it was misread, uh, miswritten. The company was the third biggest U.S. trucking specialty and less than – see, what is less than truckload segments? All right, so this whole thing goes down. They are um, part of the 700 – million dollar pandemic relief loan provided in 2020 um let's see just uh, let's see part of the 20 dollar loan relief provided by 
Uh, earlier today, the Wall Street Journal reported the closure of the trucking firm operation, citing necessity. Uh, okay, so this whole thing, they're they're trying to show how there was some money that was here and there. Uh, they did get the a uh, looks like a a relief loan in 2020, but then that didn't come through and do anything for them. But the, the base that's not it. I don't care about the business dealings of the business. That's not, I should have not have gotten to that part of the story and really try to mumble through that. What I'm trying to say is that the trucking industry that we're seeing today and a lot of these big guys. We're going to see some real collapses because of the debt, because of the slowdown in trucking, because of the slowdown in pay, because pay has been cut back. Now, listen to this. We are in an inflationary cycle, okay? We're paying three times more for gas. We're paying three times more for eggs. We're paying three times more, actually 600 times more for eggs. The eggs went from $1.30 to $6.30. Um Guys, we are absolutely paying for everything exponentially higher, but trucking right now, the trucking fees per mile are dropping on shipping rates over and over and over again. Remember I told you guys a little bit of about deflation? We're going to have hyperinflation, but also hyperdeflation. And so what's going to happen is, yeah, the electric companies and the gas companies and the food companies and everybody around is going, oh, it's inflation. i got to raise my prices. Inflation, inflation, inflation. And everybody just jumps on the inflation bandwagon. And if you don't think there's an inflation inflation bandwagon, you're not paying attention. Do you remember back when lumber jumped up two and three dollars or two or three times what it was supposed to be? Where a two by four was somewhere around two dollars and now two by four is around eight dollars. The problem is, folks, that the lumber companies, actually the Lowe's and the Home Depot's, the Menards and all those guys, they didn't raise their prices. They just matched the prices they were getting charged by the wholesalers. The wholesalers across the board in America decided during the pandemic they're going to suddenly raise all of lumber in, lumber prices across the board by two and 300%. And that had nothing to do with supply and demand. We had plenty of wood. We had plenty of customers. They just decide to get greedy. And so what does that do? Trickle-down effect. It gets more expensive to buy things. More and more and more and more and more and more expensive. Do you see how this falls apart for the rest of us? And this happens to do just because they can. A lot of people didn't have higher prices. They just raised their prices because everybody else did. Seriously, I mean, you ever seen a gas prices in a, in a city go up all of a sudden overnight? Why is that? Because all the gas to suddenly became valuable overnight? No, it's just because... Someone raised their prices, so everybody else did. And then if someone drops their prices, so does everybody else. The sad part of this is, is we're the ones caught in the middle of this as consumers over here trying to figure out how to make our way in our daily lives when we know that they're raising prices exponentially and then lowering prices in other areas that are killing people off. The fact that yellow company, the yellow trucking company is going under, and I don't care who mismanaged what or what, what their debt was or they had $1.3 billion in debt. I don't, I'm not worried about that. Okay, They also had 22,000 drivers. So, you know, kind of do the math here. But the sad part of it is, is that we're, we're going to see this happening. These, these kind of catastrophes where you're going to see large industries plus a lot of mom and pops who will go out of business when no one will ever notice that they had to claim bankruptcy and move in with their parents or go homeless. People aren't going to see this. But hyperinflation of cost of goods is really a thing. But the deflation of cost of services or pay of services is going to decline. So those people in the service industry, they're out there trying to make their bills, trying to make their, their rent payment, make their mortgage payment, make their lease payment on their vehicles, whatever it is they're doing. 
you know, those people are going to be suffering exponentially because they're not going to get paid the way they used to get paid even just three and four years ago. But yet their electricity bills are going up, the, the water bill's going up, the gas bill's going up, electricity bill's going up, the bread's going up. All these different things are going up. Do you see where I'm talking about we have ourselves? This is another little hiccup in the, in the grand scheme of things. We've had banks closing, but we're not talking about it because the big bank that closed two or three months ago, right, right after FTX went under, you remember the whole California bank thing? You know, the, that whole Silicon Valley bank? Remember that? And everybody kind of talked about it for a minute, but nobody really got affected because the government bailed those billions of dollars of depositors out because it just happened to be Gavin Newsom's, you know, uh, vineyards and all that stuff. Guys, we're not talking about bank closers because we already had a big one close, so we forgot about all the little ones are closing. We've already had this situation where we can see that these things are changing, but this is a this is a telltale sign. If we have a trucking industry that's going to have this kind of a pop, now granted they were carrying a lot of debt, which is going to be good because some of the ones that have not been ran properly will have to be corrected and they will cause a problem. But other companies that are fiscally sound and running well, those will be the ones that survive. But we have to be, you know, we have to be mindful not to blame everything on the economy when a lot of this is just has to do with greed. Greed of people not wanting to pay for services that they know they should pay for. But also greed of those who raise their prices for no particular reason except for to line their pockets. And I get it. Hey, free market, you could do whatever you want. Do, do whatever you feel necessary. But at the same time, when you sit there and think about, well, why are things costing so much? Well, we got a government telling everybody inflation's a real thing. We got a government telling us that we're the ones that have to pay our payments, but not them. We got a government telling you that you can't have incandescent bulbs or say bad things on the internet the UN's going to come and get you now. All right, guys, a commercial break coming up here at the end of the first hour of the Dr. Light Show. I'm your host, Jim Price. You guys all be good to each other again, and I'll see you guys in a little bit. Bye. All right, guys, welcome back to Dr. Light Show, your extended lunch hour on Mondays and Wednesdays. I'm your host, Jim Price. Thank you guys so much for being here. Now, let's uh, go back to the old uh, government touching you. And I, I don't know what, if it's the government touching me Monday. Is that what we're doing here? Um, Anyway, still got an echo, Bob. Um, the this whole this whole thing with our government continuing to want to see what we're doing. When did we go into that agreement, guys? Seriously, when when did we all decide that you know, like, hey, you know, I'm just a dirt bag. You're a dirt bag. We're all a dirt bag. So we just need the government just looking at us all the time. We need to really have that government touch. Now, I don't know where you guys went off and agreed to that, but I want to go ahead and pull back my vote and say that's a big old no. And I really don't care what you're doing either. See, this is the problem. I don't think, I, I, where do we get off that we think that we should be spying on every single person on earth? What, are we that, like, are we that insecure or we just need to be popular or we just need to be in the know so much that we think if someone else happens to come up with a fart in their head that, we need to know what they're thinking or saying in their head. Like, I don't, I don't think that's what we wanted to do. But uh, here we go. Another great article came out. Controversial FISA program. Now, see, you guys, I don't think you guys knew about FISA prior to Trump coming into election in 2016, did you? You guys never heard of FISA. You never, you didn't know about the foreign, that foreign thing, right? That whole, that, you didn't know about that, did you? So this is a this is you you know coming back full circle with education that Trump has given you guys about your government and what it's been really doing to you all along. 
The president's intelligence advisory board, <laughs> PIAB. I guys, I am gonna tell you what I have I, this acronym machine. Wherever they got this thing, and I'm gonna go unplug this thing. I'm tired of it. The president's intellect. I'm sorry. The president's the president's intelligence advisory board unanimously recommended renewing FISA Section 702, a continuation of the National Security Authorization allowing warrantless surveillance of non-American citizens outside the U.S. But it raises an alarm. Historically, the FBI search, uh, search violations, including improper queries on Americans as a significant obstacle to public trust and controversial approval. The program is set to expire in December. Now, remember the, the, the whole FISA thing? See, this is what I don't like. We set up these checks and balances within our government to say, listen, okay, you can do this, but you can only do it in this way. You can do that, but you can only do it like that. And you can only do this if you do it this way. Now, see how that works? Okay, Mr. Government, go do your job. My problem is, is this FISA part, the Section 702, the FISA, this FISA court thing. I have a problem with the FISA court thing because it's not, there's nothing about it that's being followed in its original conception. There's not, there's not a part of it that's being followed. There's not like, oh yeah, we're, you know, we were really trying to hunt this one guy down, but oops, because of the guidelines within the FISA, you know, the FISA warrant, you know, protocols, I'm not going to do that because that would not be ethical. That would not be the right. No, uh-uh. That's not what they're saying. They're trucking right on past it. Well, hey, we think we found a crime over here. Everybody come look over here. Hey, hey, look over here. Oh, look over here. Well, we got a crime over here. Hey, hey. Well, that you shouldn't be doing that. The, the, the FISA court says you can't do that. Oh, but look, we found a crime. But what about the crime you stepped over with Anthony Weiner's laptop and Hillary Clinton and Uman Amberdeen? How about the the crime you walked over with the Hunter Biden laptop and the and the Biden family you know regime stuff with the whole corruption there? What about those crimes you just stepped over, you leaped over, you jumped over, you built a bridge over while you're sitting here using the FISA court, which is only again supposed to be looking at people outside of us, not inside of us, not inside of America, but those foreign actors outside of our government that may be doing things nefariously we are allowed to look at them but the sad part of it is we all know that the fisa court was used against donald trump and his organization exponentially and nobody got nobody where's the jail sentences well i'm a guy i'm a government i have immunity your government you have immunity how is that possible how is it possible that you have you're the government and yet you have immunity is that possible I don't think that's possible, because if I read the Constitution, I don't think it actually says that. But, you know, what do I know, right? This is where, again, we don't actually pay attention to this in the right way. Um, this is where we don't even know our second article of Bill of Rights. We don't know. I mean, this is it. We don't even know what the second article of Bill of Rights are. We all like, oh, we do. Yeah, we do. Well, that's that whole gun thing. But do you? But do you really know that? And in fact, right here it says, uh, we, we the people, uh, let's see, we the people have the right to assemble to peaceably manner, uh, in a peaceable manner to consult for a common good, to instruct the representatives, and to petition the government for any or any department thereof for the redress of grievances. 
Um, it also says all all political power is inherent in the people, and all free governments are founded on their authority and instituted for their equal protection. No special privileges or immunity shall be granted by the legislator. Now, guys, it says right here, no immunity shall be granted by the legislator. In other words, they can't do this. They don't have immunity. So if they're out there using the FISA court to do whatever it is they want to do and the way they want to do it and how they want to do it by mis, you know, by misleading the, their, uh, their bosses or whoever it is that they should be answering to, those guys should be fully accountable because there is no immunity. It says there is no immunity. Oh, immunities shall not be granted by the legislator, period, ever. So no special immunities. But again, we sit here and read this article, right? Uh, let's see. In an un... Um, and an unsparing critic, I don't know how to, well, why that's what that word, uh, I say the B, the PIAB, okay, that's the President's in- in Intelligence Advisory Board, recommended 13 reform prim- uh, reforms primarily geared towards resolving the FBI's damning history of abuses, which is attributed to the agency's perceived lack of understanding regarding query standards. Uh, and an abundance of compl- uh, complexities and lack of urgency to comply. So that just goes back and confirms what I just said. They they don't care. They, there's no there's no one's holding them accountable. This president's uh, intelligence advisory board is saying, yeah, there's some things you guys ought to look into. But there's nobody actually acting on this. Not even in the House of Representatives. Not the Senate. Not the sheriffs. Not the DAs. Not the the secretaries of state. Nothing. Nobody's acting on this. Where's the attorneys general? Where are all those guys at? Where are the um, inspector generals that should be looking into this? But they're not. See, this is, again, this is where there's these kind of gray areas where things kind of get put together where they were supposed to be, uh, you know, oh, yeah, common sense says you don't do this to the American people. Common sense, you don't go looking for things and uh, creating crimes. But, no, we don't have that. The, this advisory board has got itself itself in a little pickle because we're seeing that unanimously they're saying, let's continue on with this practice when we can see it's a complete failed system. And I don't see the necessity in continuing on with a failed system if it's all it's going to do is take away my freedoms and liberties. See, that's that's the problem where I don't think we realize that this is all right in front of our face. We, we have freedoms and liberties being eroded and nobody, nobody is really going out and holding these people accountable. And uh, this article just you know, fits right into that. And I thought you guys would be be happy to know that there is a, a president's intelligence committee. Like, I didn't even know that's a thing. By the way, this whole thing with this president's intelligence committee, I don't think you guys realize that there, if you go to like state of New York and you look at committee assignments, there are probably a thousand committee assignments that are left wide open sitting at the state level waiting for somebody to fill it. And a lot of times, yes, you have to be an independent or Democrat, registered independent, registered ind- uh, de- Democrat, or registered Republican to take those positions. But there's a lot of them that are nonpartisan. They just need a body to sit on these boards. And you'd be surprised how many of these leaders, these leaders, <laughs> yeah, right, public servants who literally just whatever a subcommittee board tells them, that's exactly how they vote. That's exactly what they run off of. They don't, they don't know any better. They don't do their own research. So if you guys want to be an effective part of your government, if you guys don't want to be a precinct head or part of the election cycle of things and being able to verify votes and stuff like that, if you don't want to do that, which is, I guarantee you, there's thousands and thousands of those open in your state of New York. But also just look at the the, the, the state of New York's website 
where it talks about uh, these different committees that are out there. Now, I'm not talking about elected official committees. These are actually supposed to be citizen committees that are supposed to talk about things from, you know, how uh, the deaf culture or the blind culture or whatever, you know, needs this or needs that. They need to make sure that, that you know, this is being mad at that. They have, they have things like that. They have, they have committees for that, but they also have committees on roads. They have committees on waterways. They have committees on all kinds of stuff. You'd be surprised what you could find that you could really be interested in and be a part of or just get on the board and listen to what they're saying because you'd be surprised about how many of these little boards have a lot of power because, like I said, they're kind of the front line of things when they go through and an issue comes. It goes to these little committees first, and, you know, these are select you know, citizen committees. The citizens get to inject their their ideas into it, but if you're not there – to inject your idea or inject your vote, it ain't going to count because nobody's doing the whole telepathy thing yet. I know they're out there trying to read our minds and do the whole thing of of making us feel like you know they they can get inside of our head this and that, but in reality, you know, guys, they can't. And if you guys want your your city, county, state to be ran differently, you want your federal government to be ran, ran differently, then get on these committees. Get out there and actually put in the effort and be involved in your government and find out what you can do to, to do that. I'm, I guess I could need to do that right here. I could do that uh, over this commercial break. I'm going to look up New York. What is it? How do you spell New York? New York uh, State Committee. Let's see if I can get this, find this committee. Let's see. Committee open. There we go. Wow, there's even a little thing in here for it. Committee on Open Government. Well, that's not what I wanted. Open Committee on Open Government. Freedom of Information. Contact us. No, that's not the one I wanted. Uh, and then I lost it. <laughs> uh, let's see. New York State Committee. Hmm. I'm going to... I'm going to work on this in the commercial break here. I'm going to find you guys some committees to get on. All right, guys, I'm a commercial, I've got a commercial break coming up the WSYL, WYSL. I'll be right back in a minute. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. I'm sorry about that uh, outro there before the commercial. I was getting a little uh, tongue-tied. Anyway, this uh, I was reading through some of your stuff in here. Uh, Governor... Governor.newyork.gov. Um, this is a... After months of stalling negotiations, governor and local elected leaders reach agreement to bring 1,200 housing units to five World Trade Center site. Uh, One-third of the units will be permanently affordable uh, to low- and moderate-income families. Portions of the affordable units will be offered to those living and working in Lower Manhattan, during the 9-11 attacks, project will also include commercial space, non-profit co- community space, and a connection to Liberty Park. Uh, see, uh, see, this is Governor Kathy Hulk or Hulk Hochul or whatever you say. Today announced that the, the public authorities control board's approval of a major. Okay, now listen, this is one of these committees I was talking about. I'm going to talk about your guys' committees you can be a part of. Public authorities control boards. Public Authorities Control Board approved on a major mixed-use development at Five World Trade Center in Lower Manhattan uh, that will include 1,200 units of housing, one-third of which will be permanently affordable. Um, so this is a, this is the press release on this, and this is what I'm saying. What I was trying to point out to you is that uh, obviously you guys are just using money to do a bunch of weird stuff, but 
uh, the project may uh, made possible through a variety of local and state funding sources. Oh, this is always creative. Let's see where the money was laundered through. Through an agreement uh, between the Executive, Senate, and Assembly, uh, the state will contribute $60 million uh, with an additional $5 million uh, will be provided by the Battery Park City Authority Joint Purpose Fund. <laughs> Golly! Battery Park City Authority's Joint Purpose Fund. In addition, the Port Authority is seeking approval from the Board of Commissions on a short-term rent deferral to enable uh, to enable a transition to to proceed. Oh wow! Okay, so they're going to do some short-term rental defer deferrals in this. I don't know if you guys know what this is all going on, but it looks like they're giving away the giving away everything. Uh, the governor says she's committed to increasing the supply of housing, including affordable housing to make New York state more affordable and more livable for all New Yorkers. Now, let me ask you guys, you guys are upstate New York right there. You got some trees and some grass and some dairy farms and you got the you got the Grand Canyon of the East, all that stuff. Uh what is uh 1200 units on the south end of Manhattan? What do you how is that going to help you guys in upstate New York lower your housing costs? I mean, I'm just going to ask you guys, I mean, is your guys' housing costs suddenly lowered this month because this agreement came together? I don't think you guys realize that they just, these people are just money laundering. Golly. Like, oh, yeah, it's all about the, you know, the, 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 um, <laughs> getting the, making sure that we have uh, plenty of cheap, affordable housing for people, you know, all that stuff. Um, yeah, no, it's not, it's not going to work for me. I don't think you guys are realizing what's happening here. Um, but anyway, that's, uh, that's actually just right. That was on the very top of your guys' uh, state of New York. Um, let's see here. New York State Mentoring Program about the commission, 2019 Women's Justice Agenda items. I don't, did you guys have, did you guys know in 2019 you had a justa, a justice, a women's adjusta agenda? It's kind of a neat deal. Golly, you guys are so great. Oh, I was trying to look up some of you guys' committee stuff, but I think you guys don't realize that there's a lot of opportunities out there for you to affect government. Now, a lot of these won't pay for, like, they won't give you a salary, but they'll pay for your travel uh, so much per mile and housing if you go to, if you have to go down to Albany or if you got to go somewhere else for your committee meetings. And uh, you'd be surprised. There's a, there is a lot of money thrown around these committees to keep everybody kind of happy and thinking that they're affecting government, but most of it's just about money laundering. So that's fine. Um, so let's see here. I want, let me read this one here for you. This is Michigan. You guys know where Michigan is, don't you? You guys have heard of that place before. Forensic study in into 2020's Detroit, Michigan election finds that 3,400... I'm sorry. I misquoted that. 34,000 illegal ballots were found. An additional warning from the Detroit clerk that thousands of absentee paper was uh, was different than normal ballots. Uh, this is actually stuff that's going on. I know you guys got a big coalition of people there that are working on voter integrity. By the way, guys, I'm still uh, – we did put out there in WYSL, we did put out the link for the Mike Lindell uh, Cyber Symposium. If you guys go on there, when you put your email in, promo code PRICE, Go over there and sign up. Get yourself an ebook from Mike Lindell, but also we'll have you'll have a connection to the Cyber Symposium that's coming up here in about a week or so. So be a part of uh, the the Cyber Symposium, but also get yourself a, an ebook from 
Mike Lindell, go to that link on the WYSL Facebook page, I think, and Twitter page. We both put them on there. Go there, put your email in there so you get the link, but also put in promo code PRICE, and uh, that way they know I'm doing my job as well. But let's go back to this. A national expert in criminal forensics completed a report on the 2020 elections in Michigan and has found further evidence of chronic systemic voter fraud, especially among absentee ballots in the challenged election. Uh, the firm of Specken Specken uh, Forensics. I don't know. I guess Specken uh, Forensics. Uh, they they have a, wi- a wide national experience testifying in criminal trials. Through their investigations, they were allowed uh, limited access to the 2020 ballots in Wayne County, which Dover, uh, which I'm sorry, <laughs> Wayne County, which covers Detroit. Uh, they found a significant number of absentee ballots uh, with different pieces of paper, uh, different types of paper. Uh, many absentee ballots had no request whatsoever, and that had no request. They'd never been requested. And in two primary precincts examined, examined the rate of illegal ballots was 12 to 20%. Absentee ballots uh, often had a lighter tone and shade of printing. The Detroit clerk even commented to the Speckin team, that the type of paper felt different. Uh, And the number of absentee ballots requested, uh, let's see, there was an exorbitant, which approximately 170,000 AV ballots, ranging an 8 to 20%, uh, were not actually requested. So we're talking 170,000 ballots, about 8 to 20% of those, were not requested. So 187,000 were sent out. So up to 34,000 were never requested. They were just sent to them in, in any way. Now, this goes back to the, the report where this, I think this is even out of New York, that there was a gentleman in the, the post office worker who said, Hey guys, you know, there, we're dumping these absentee ballots that were undeliverable into a, a bin and we don't know who's picking them up. We don't know who's taking them, where they're taking them to. There's no chain of custody. And so that's a real problem for us. Uh, this, so let's go on the article here. This matches with the Gateway Pundit's previous report that there are tens of thousands of illegal ballots in the 2020 Michigan election. Uh, these all, of course, uh, so this all, of course, matches what witnesses have described for three years. And the Gateway Pundit has been reporting time and time again, despite the gaslighting, the lies from the legacy media. Uh, let's see here. Here's one of the uh, reports. Jose uh, described being at the count, uh, the counting boards on election night 2020 and seeing a large number of suspicious, suspicious ballots that felt pre-printed and more suspicious only voting the president and Senate elections came in very late at 3.30 a.m. Elizabeth uh, described counting military ballots and noticed that many of them obviously appeared to not be valid military ballots and had these kinds of suspicious traits. We're talking about the uh, president and Senate races only. Uh, Chris says he saw that they didn't uh, disqualify a single obvious illegal ballot. See, that's another thing too, is that, you know, they didn't even try to act like they were doing some of their, their fact checking, their due diligence on some of these ballots. They were just rolling right through them and just going on. No big deal. Don't worry about it. Yeah, just uh, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. Just, just that one's fine. Yeah, that one's fine. Oh, it's crazy. Matt Hall, Representative Matt Hall, held one 
held one night of hearings where Rudy Giuliani was able to present four witnesses. Senator McBroom held a two-day hearing where he let random witnesses come up and speak for two minutes each. Senator McBroom then compiled an infamous report in May 2020 where he denied any voter fraud and encouraged the far-left attorney general to prosecute anyone claiming that there was, despite a significant evidence of the contrary that was submitted in his own committee hearing. So this guy bothers to go and do all this, bothers to have all these hearings, and then it just ignores the facts. Just don't even worry about it. That's what's going on, and this is what's happening. So Michigan is still a bit of a hotbed. Uh, I know that Kansas, we came out with our full forensic audit. I don't know if you guys heard about this. A uh, week before last, Kansas came out with theirs. They did 13 counties. We have 104 counties in the state of Kansas. We did 13 counties, and every single one of them showed electronic uh, insecurities. They showed tabulation problems. They showed uh, continuity for scanning, meaning that they couldn't scan uh, e- you know, equally each one without inaccuracies or without failures or without being spit back out. I mean, it was all over the place. And that happened here. And that report came out. And you know what my veto override Senate did? Nothing. All right, we've got a commercial break coming here at WYSL. We'll be right back here in just a couple minutes. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, welcome back to Dark Delight Show, your extended hour here on Mondays and Wednesdays. Thank you so much for being here. I'm your host, Jim Price. Do not go anywhere, because why? Oh, why, Jimmy? Well, more articles are coming out today uh, about this whole Hunter Biden thing, and they're coming hard and fast. And I, oh, wait, sorry, that was, I shouldn't have said that about Hunter. Anyway, um, breaking news, House Republicans will disclose new Biden family bank records from Russia. Oh, remember when they said that Trump was getting peed on by Russians and the Russians were giving him money and all that stuff, and then Russia, 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 and, well, Trump said he was going to do Russian business, and, oh, yeah, Russia, well, he couldn't get a, he was going to get a hotel, but then he couldn't get a hotel, but then he was, uh, you know, remember all that? Well, this isn't going to end well for the Bidens. Well, no, it will. They'll just sail off into the future sunset, because you guys don't care. You guys don't care. You guys, come on. Uh, seriously, you guys do not care that Hunter Biden got a billion dollars from China and that he's been out there being escorted around the country by the Marshals Department because he's in custody. Now, come on, guys. You know that, you know, you guys are just going to let this happen. You know, that whole idea that the plea bargain was going to give him prosecutable immunity, past, present, and future in that little gun deal that he was going to get in Arkansas. Yeah, or that, where was it? New Hampshire or Connecticut? I don't know. Wherever he was supposedly going to get that really sweetheart deal, that didn't happen, did it? Uh, because why? It was nefarious. I mean, from the word go, it was, absolutely they shouldn't have been doing that. But then we bother to have a judge do the right thing. Once in a while, we get somebody doing the right thing. But then the left has to have their head explode, right? Oh, the judge followed the legal process. Uh, Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's lo- uh, longtime friend and business associate, appeared before the House Committee over- Oversight Committee on Monday. So he's already done that while we've been here talking. Archer is reportedly preparing to tell. Hey, uh, we do have a caller coming in. Mike from Rochester, are you there? Hey, Jim, how's it going? Good, sir. Good to hear from you. Hey, um, hey! Earlier at the top of the hour, they, they um, there was a news thing. I was about to call you, and I heard it uh, about yellow trucking. 
which yeah. is the third yeah. largest trucking company in the U.S. Yep. Okay, the, those guys are in some real, real tight spot. They owe their, uh, they owe the the union and their pension plan forty eight billion dollars. Billion. Billion. Forty eight billion. I, I believe it was billion. It could be a million, but wow. they they owe the pension. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they owe the pen, they owe the pension fund. Okay, wow. um, people don't realize that yellow is the the biggest delivers to Home Depot and Walmart stores. Oh, they're in the trucking industry, Oops. they're they're the guys that are always in the Home Depot and uh, Walmart. So wow. if you're looking for products. Right now, from what I heard through the uh, couple of people I still know in the industry, yeah. that nobody, nobody's shipping freight to them until they can figure out what's going on because nobody wants to get their freight tied up in, a, in litigation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, it becomes toxic, right? So nobody wants to touch it and wants to be around it, so nothing gets right. done. You don't, you don't want, yeah, you want to be a, a company, ship your stuff there, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you're not stuck, get paid? stuck on a, a dock somewhere and you can't get a hold of it because it's now yeah. part of litigation. Well, think about that. If you had your truck sitting in a dock, somehow the your trailer gets tied up in it, your truck gets tied up in it. See, people don't realize that the trucking industry is really kind of a weird little deal. We, we don't realize that that's like a whole universe and how they all work with each other and stuff like that. But there are legalities that could get other trucking companies in a hawk if they try to step in at the wrong time. Oh yeah, a lot of contracts in our contracts and in, in our workings. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Hey, one other thing I wanted to bring up—I didn't catch it—was yes, uh, uh, if you had mentioned it earlier, was the the rice ordeal going on in India? What? Where, what about the rice India, deal in India? India is not shipping any rice out this year. Oh, well, yes, India. Hmm. India is pulling back all their contracts. And shipping rice out, and India pro- provides almost eighty percent of the rice that goes to Africa. Huh. Wonder who they're going to yeah. team up with then. See, the thing is, you don't. Uh, if you quit shipping out rice, then you've got to have a reason for that, right? Where Where are you going to make up for those customers? Is that that kind of stuff? Does that make sense? Well, they're they're just pulling back. They're not going to ship out. They've been watching wow. the commodities market. Ugh. Wow, oh, yeah. that means you, that rice you, prices are going to go through the roof. Right? Oops, did we lose you? Okay. Okay. Uh, looks like we lost him. Um, I'm going to have to look up rice prices now. I'm all curious about this because I want to find out what's going on. If 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 uh, India is no longer going to ship off to Africa, then obviously there's going to be a huge demand for that. Um, from probably us because we produce more rice than anybody else. So where is that going to be going? I know we feed China, and I know we feed a lot of the world with our rice, but where is that going to go when it all pops? So that's a good question. I don't know. That's a – I'm going to look this one up. I'm going to do this during the commercial break here. Um, let's get back to real quick the uh, to the Devin Archer stuff. But that – yeah, the trucking thing, big, big problem. This rice thing, this could be a real problem for us, folks. It's kind of something that we want to look at. If you're looking for, you know, bulk food or stuff like that, maybe pick up a bag of rice at the Costco or Sam's and have it laying around just to kind of get you the bridge past this hike that we might see with India's rice embargo where they decide they're not going to ship out rice anymore. I don't know. I'm going to look into this, see if I know what's going on. Anyway, uh, back to the 
Devin Archer thing. This is all, like I said, this is all new stuff coming out. Archer's reportedly uh, preparing to tell lawmakers that the President Biden met with dozens of hunter, hunters, business associates. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see here. Over the weekend. Okay, we were. Oh, we already read that one. I thought this was a different one. I had. Yeah, no, that's actually happening right now. So, all right. Wow, this rice thing. I got to get on that rice. That's got me all. Uh... By the way, guys, Russia is not losing the war. And if you guys think that Russia, that 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 news report we had earlier where they said that the that Russia shot a missile and it hit an apartment complex and then hit something else. I don't think we realize how much of that is actually uh, just propaganda. Just to keep everybody wound up and, and bent over on, you know, like, oh, my gosh, we're all going to die. Or, you know, all holding our chest and like, oh, we're going to pass out. You know, it's it's not going to be that way. So anyway, where else did I see? Oh, we have a we have another threat of nuclear war. What is this about? Um, the election, uh, the U.S. election in 2024 may lead the Biden regime to a wag the dog type, wag the dog type. Uh, escalation of war in Ukraine. How many times have you guys heard me say about Wag the Dog, huh? You guys have heard me about tell you about the movie Wag the Dog? Well, now we have a reference to this. This is actually from Richard out of Gateway Pundit. Uh says here, if Biden campaign feels is falling behind in the race against President Donald Trump, they will escalate the situation in Ukraine in order to gain more votes. Uh, this is actually cost... Uh, so who's, who's actually being quoted here? This is actually from... Uh, Konstantin, Konstantin Kovoyevich, Kovoyev, Kosovich. Anyway, uh, this is a very dangerous situation because Americans uh, are not afraid to use foreign policy to their inter-party rivalry, rival rivalry. And one of their party, if one of their parties feels that it, it needs to escalate the situation in Ukraine in order to gain more votes, it will. And uh, that's what we're seeing. Wag the Dog is a 1997 movie re- uh, directed by Barry Levingston and co-written by David Mamet. Uh, it's starring Dustin Hoffman and Robert De Niro, in which a, a spin doctor and a Hollywood producer fabricate a war to distract voters from the president's sex scandal. Sound familiar? Further escalation would increase the likelihood of the use of nuclear weapons by the way, guys, have I ever have I told you guys about this? I don't think we have nuclear weapons. I and I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to say that I don't think we have. I've seen the nuclear storage facilities. I've been in them. I've been. I've seen what what they are, but I really question what they are because I'm wondering if somehow, some way, we have been told that they're nuclear weapons and that they have all this fusion stuff going in, on in there. But I'm wondering if if we're not kind of being built, sold a bill of goods. Like we asked for a V8, you know, truck, and we've got ourselves a little three-banger Isuzu uh, motor in it. Like, I don't think we realize how this whole thing doesn't smell right. Something about the nuclear thing, we've exploded over 2,000 nuclear bombs in America already. According to the to government statistics, we've it's like 2,050... 2043 or something like that. I'm going off of memory, so don't quote me. The idea that we've had over 2,000 nuclear explosions in America. Now, let me ask you, how many major cities are there in America? And how many major cities would no longer be here if we... Wait, 2,000 bombs? We shouldn't have any major American cities left, right? Because if we've let off 2,000 
bombs just in America alone, shouldn't it be so toxic to live here that it should take a million years for the half-life to be able to be low enough for life to con- continue on? Isn't that what isn't that what you're guys think about this? Two thousand bombs have been let off in America. Nuclear, 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 nuclear bombs, man. Nuclear bombs, two thousand, over two thousand. So where is all the radiation? I mean, I seriously. What about all the other nuclear tests globally under the ocean, under the mountains, under? I mean, Korea was blowing stuff up under the mountains. Remember that whole thing. But I'm just wondering, just ask him for a friend. If we really have nuclear weapons and we've let off, America's let off over 2,000 test uh, things already in America. And then let's say the ones that went wrong, went wrong. And the ones that went right, went right. We don't know that. We don't know that success ratio. But what I'm asking is, did we really, did we really, did we really set off 2,000 bombs? Because I mean, I thought when we let off bombs, I thought it kind of made this whole nuclear wasteland where you couldn't go back forever and ever and ever. Now I'm going to go with the news uh, that was at the the was at the bottom of the hour or the uh, anyway at the top of the hour. Thank you, Georgia, for building a nuclear power plant outside of Augusta, Georgia. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for putting nuclear back on the map. California is shutting down nuclear plants. Georgia is opening up one. Thank you, Georgia. And I guys, we really need to be th- mindful of this. There is no <sighs> nuclear way nuclear fusion. Nuclear, the nuclear fusion plant, what do they say? Nuclear fusion, they say nuclear plant. There's not an actual like bomb going off. There's not nuclear reaction going off. It's heating and cooling of water. That's what what this whole thing is about. Steam energy. That's what nuclear is. When you see the three mile island, those big cones with the steam coming out of the top, that's not nuclear radiation. That's not exhaust. That's not poop. That's not CO2. That's not carbon monoxide or carbon dioxide. It's not anything except for steam. It's all it is. That's all that happens in a, in a nuclear power uh, reaction is steam. Steam is used. And then if they're actually doing it right, most steam recovery is to the point where you can't even see the steam coming out of the plants. But everybody defaults a three-mile island and says, oh, see, look, look at all that pollutant coming out of the top. And that's them lying to you. Don't be useful idiots on this whole thing. But thank you for that. I meant to say something about the nuclear plant going off. Anyway, um, oh, we've got a commercial break coming up here. <laughs> I'll have to finish this part about Ukraine here in a minute. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, got to drop that bomb on me. We've got a commercial break coming up here at WISL. Be right back. Dark Delight on the WISL stations. January, it's so nice While slipping on the sliding ice To sip hot chicken soup with rice Sipping once, sipping twice All right, welcome back to you guys uh, To the WISL Extended Hour on Mondays Your host, Jim Price Thank you guys so much for being here I was reading through this article And this was, uh, again, I, I, I I didn't know about this rice thing But it actually, there's an article out there New York City chatter on the WhatsApp group explode. I don't know how to say that. P R A B H A R O R A O S WhatsApp group exploded last week when it announces that India is curtailing some rice exports to the rest of the world. Now they're saying 
that there is plenty of rice. Now this is saying, this is this is them saying that says um, from the government. It's saying, they're saying that there's don't worry about. It. There's lots of rice out there. Don't worry about it. Um, but let's see. It's just saying that there has been some drought, and then there has been some uh, exceptional monsoon effect, meaning flooding and those kind of things. Let's see. And earlier than expected, El Nino brought drier, warmer weather in some parts of Asia and expected to harm rice productions. But in some parts of India, where the monsoon seasons were especially brutal, floods destroyed some crops, adding to the production woes and rising prices. Uh, Hoping to stave off inflationary uh, pressures on a diet staple, the Indian government earlier this month imposed export bans on non-basmati White rice varieties uh, prompting hoard, hoarding in some parts of the world. So non-basmati, B-A-S-M-A-T-I, white rice varieties. Uh, the move was taken to ensure that um, to ensure equate availability. To ensure, all right. Uh, let's see. To al- uh, allow the rise of prices. Let's see. Non-basmati. I can't even say it right. Uh, white rice, uh, let's see here. No, I got a message saying that the rice was not going to be available. I think there's a lot of concern uh, beginning. I'm reading this article to you guys right as I'm reading it here. So anyway, that's uh, th- th- this is a thing. This is actually a real thing. But they're doing it to, to hold back to make sure they're going to be able to feed their own country first, which I guess that's a good thing, right? Why not feed your own country first? I don't know. America first. If I had a choice of selling apples to China or selling them to Americas, and I only had enough to sell to America, not to both, I'm going to sell to America because I'm going to take care of us first. I don't see a problem with that, guys. I really think that we ought to think of things differently. And the fact that we keep trying to ship this stuff from around the world, I don't understand. That, this, this is what floors me. You're telling me loading up a ship in the Middle East with oil to then drive that ship for three months across the, the Atlantic Ocean to the Gulf of Mexico, is cheaper than pumping oil from America. You guys got you you to help me out with this. So if I buy a barrel of oil from, let's say, Kansas producer, Oklahoma producer, or Texas producer, you're telling me that's more expensive than buying it from the Middle East, the people who hate us, and shipping it across the, the ocean for three months. That's cheaper? Sounds like money laundering to me. Sounds like somebody's paying off somebody's backdoor deals, and it does not sound like good business. There's no way you can tell me that's good business. No way whatsoever. Um, all right, let's go back to the whole the nuclear war thing with what we were talking about in Ukraine with Biden's upcoming um, Wag the Dog. Remember I told you guys, if you guys want to watch two movies and really understand the world around you, you should do... Um, uh, you should do Wag the Dog and The Matrix back-to-back. Just watch those two movies, Wag the Dog and The Matrix, and it will just really, really blow your mind. Anyway, going back to uh, these, see, he claims that the Washington Washington is pursuing the Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky to abandon peace later this uh, last year. Um, oh, okay, so this Kirkhoff guy claimed that Washington pursued uh, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky to abandon peace last year. And that's true. I don't think you guys realize we have actually had a peace deal for Ukraine since it began. Now, I'm not even kidding you. No, 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 no. Listen, they didn't start like, a, you, you know, Russia threw a bomb over the border. Like, hey, you want to talk peace? And they're like, no, not right now. And they're like, threw another border, bomb over the border. 
hey, you want to talk peace? No, not right now. And then eventually they got to it. No, they were they already had a peace agreement prior to any of this. America, America stepped in and, and rejected any offers that Russia had. And I don't think people realize that Russia basically has taken over the entire that entire area around Ukraine and in Ukraine. The only thing that's left of Ukraine is the capital, and it's about the size of New Jersey. A little little swath of of New Jersey that's left in Ukraine is the only thing that Russia doesn't have. Uh, to have a handle on. They actually have around the backside along the Baltic Sea there, they have all that taken over too. So there's really no reason for Ukraine to continue doing this. And there's no reason America should be sending one more billion dollar payment of any kind whatsoever to Ukraine. JP Morgan Chase has already set up the recovery, the recovery bank. They've already got recovery loans all fired up and ready to go. J.P. Morgan Chase is already the bank who will handle the quote-unquote recovery of Ukraine, the rebuilding of Ukraine. The, guys, this is already already done. This is already over. Uh, it says, um, the peace talks began in March last year, and they were thwarted by an unprecedented inter- uh, external influence on Ukraine. By then, uh, the President Zelensky banned himself and all Ukrainian authorities from engaging in such talks. So, <laughs> so this is like... So I don't want to say hey, anybody talks peace, I'm going to kill them. Like that's what he did. If you care, if you talk peace, you talk peace about any in Ukraine at all, I'm going to kill you. Like you're not going to be a part of my administration. You're going to be a part of my government. That's a real thing. Yeah, President Zelensky banned himself and all Ukrainian authorities from engaging in such peace talks. This, of course, a decision made by the United States. Oh, you mean when we give you two hundred billion dollars, you're going to listen to what we tell you? Huh. Quid pro quo. Are you kidding me? They most likely have the ability to reverse their decision, but have not seen it since uh, such intentions. Speaking to an Australian Prime Minister, speaking to Australian Prime Minister Anthony uh, Albanese, uh, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken seemed to pave the way to prep the United States population for a nuclear war, which we call no more dangerous than climate change. So, guys, this is uh, the uh, this Prime Minister from Australia. It said that Anthony Blinken is absolutely ready to push the big red button. Uh, the button that Trump said, well, my button works, does yours. I don't think we realize that these guys really don't give two craps about what it's going to take, what it's going to cost. It's just they're just going to do it. <sighs> so anyway, uh, what else do we have here? Uh, what was the one thing? Weaponized DOJ retracts prior decision. Uh, weaponized DOJ retracts prior decision to incarcerate Archer following pushback from House GOPs. Oh, well, now wait. The DOG, DOJ has issued a statement for, uh, firmly denying uh, the attempt to obstruct or prevent Devin Archer from participating in his testimony for Congress on Monday. Well, if you weren't going to, if you're going to arrest him and tell him, if you're telling him to turn himself in, then how, what? How do you do that? How do these people wake up in the morning and literally just say the dumbest contradictory crap in the world? We know what they were doing. The weaponized DOJ made it clear that claims circulating about their intention to arrest Devin Archer, a witness uh, in the case involving Hunter Biden prior to his testimony, was baseless. (laughs) Okay, then what was the letter for? The clarification came amidst allegations of the DOJ's attempt to interfere with the congressional proceedings and witness intimidation. Uh, let's see. To be clear, Mr. Archer does not agree with 
that speculation. In my case, Mr. Archer will uh, do what he has planned to do all along, which is to show up on Monday and honestly answer the questions that are put in, uh, in front of him by congressional investigators. And a follow-up letter to Judge Abrams re- uh, regarding the Second Circuit's mandate affirming Archer's conviction, the DOJ clarified its position. You can see how these guys are trying to wiggle off the worm? They're wiggling off the worm for you guys. They can't even be honest when they just... Just tell us you're a lying piece of crap, government. Stop lying to me. All right, guys. <laughs> I appreciate you guys hanging on the double, the double hour, the second hour of the Dark Delight Show here on Mondays and Wednesdays at WYSL. I'm your host, Jim Price. You guys all be good to each other out there, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.